Do you know the reason for the increase in prices on tires? No. It's probably something to do with inflation. <laughs> Welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on small business owners who are rising from recession. And our guest this week, well, this is her second business, and she's using it, the power of the sun, to grid out even greater profitability. This is Small Business Celebration. Join us as we learn from successful business owners and successful business leaders about who they are, from where their business has grown, what they have learned, and where their successful business is going. I'm your host, Michael I. Roberts, and we're gonna learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Welcome to Small Business Celebration, and our guest this week is Deanna Anderson, the franchise owner of Solar Grids of Central California. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thank you, Michael. For visionaries who don't know who you are, who are you and what is it that you do? I am Deanna Anderson. I am the owner of Solar Grids, a solar installation company here in Bakersfield. Now, one of the reasons we're here talking with Deanna is there are many of you visionaries who have a, a business that you've got going right now, maybe you're in years eight, nine, ten of your current business, and the economy is improving, and you're looking to expand your horizons and wondering, should I dab my toe into something new? And that is one of the reasons why we're here, because, Deanna, you have a, an existing business. What is it? My existing business is Precision Grading and Paving, which is an asphalt grading and paving company. How many years have you had this business? I have been doing my own pavings for 32 years, self-employed. One of the things that's stereotypical, and it's cliche, is, the, is that industry tends to be very male dominant. Yes, it does. You have not only prospered, but thrived in this industry for such a long time. Why did you choose to go into asphalt and paving in the first place? I actually got into it since high school. I have been in the construction industry, working for engineering firm, doing soils testing, and out in the field. One thing leads to another and ended up being an estimator for another construction company for a while. And I kind of saw a hole in the market where uh, when I was trying to get people to come out and do some asphalt patches and such, it was very difficult to get anybody to show up. Because mm. um, the job was too small? Yeah, because okay. it wasn't worth their time to do so. Right. So, But it was a real problem because I needed them to, to do it in order to finish my business. Mm -hmm. So I had to start my own. I had to start it up and say I could fill this hole. I could do patching and I could make a decent little living and doing going out on the end of a shovel and doing it myself. And little jobs led to Little medium. jobs led to big jobs. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to make my life simple, got to complicate it. <laughs> but we are what we know and our customer base is what's important. So as I built customers doing small jobs, they liked what I did and how I took care of things and asked me to start doing a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger until basically we had to own all the iron everybody else did and 30 years later, here we are. But it's growth through proven performance. Yes. How have you been able to differentiate yourself? Because there's a lot of different asphalt paving companies out there and it's a very tight 
business. There's a lot of competition. How did you go through and differentiate yourself from everybody else and, and make your business not just grow but do very well? Well, construction is a little bit different than, say, a retail business mm. or even the solar business, for that matter. Mm -hmm. um, it's mostly buyer numbers. Um, you have to really know your market. Mm. And so, therefore, it took me a little while to try to figure out where my niche was. However, after that, once I had done several projects, my business was built on repeat customers, not mm. new customers. I oh. never bid 100 jobs to go and get one. Right. I, I was repeatedly called back for a bunch of different things. Um, I, I try really, really hard to make sure that from start to finish, the customer has a very easy way of doing things. Now here we are, 30 years later, and why on earth would you start a second business? Because <laughs> your first business is busy and complicated enough. I mean, and yes. now you're taking on a second project? I mean, what are you, nuts? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am, actually. I'm going to take my knowledge that I have now, uh -huh. of 32 years of being a business owner, right. and try to go into a market that is wide open mm. and, and has a very good possibility of creating a solid foundation. When you say wide open, because for some of us, especially on the retail side of solar, you know, we go into Costco, we go into a lot of different places, we see ads on TV or on our mobile devices all the time for all these solar companies. On the surface, it seems like it's a very saturated market. Why would you say that it's blue skies? It is a saturated market for, for how many people are out there doing it, but there is a lot of homes and businesses and farms that mm -hmm. need assistance or should take the assistance in what solar can provide. Right. No one company or even three companies or five companies can help everyone in a timely fashion. Right. So why is it blue skies? Because it's, it's a feel good business. It, I, it has nothing to do but benefit the customers. Mm. Before we get into the benefits for the customers on this, Let's talk about you for a moment, because you are not a big green energy fan. <laughs> are you saying this with a big grin on your face? <laughs> no, that is correct, actually. <laughs> what led to your conversion, and why are you so dedicated to solar now? Actually, I was totally against solar. I didn't mm. like people knocking on my doors. I didn't want to be bothered. Um, I was perfectly happy making my payment and being like everybody else in the world, to PG&E, to, PG &E, right, to right. the power company, that's correct. And I didn't feel the need to have solar, and I had heard so many bad stories about solar. Mm. Um, people that have been ripped off, or taken advantage of, or uh, the list goes on, or buying a system that they can't sell their home because this has to go with it, and there's a lease involved. There's, there was a bunch of reasons, mm -hmm. and I don't have a lot of patience. <laughs> okay, so sure. I really didn't want to be bothered. I didn't ever want to hear what somebody had to say about it. Mm. And then a situation came down in uh, early this year that my mother-in-law had fell ill and elderly and I was taking care of her. And mm. during the first 30 days that she was in my home um, and I had an oxygen machine running for her and a space heater running for her, my power bill doubled. Wow. I know I didn't double my usage and power, but they sure as heck got double money from me. Wow. I was furious, actually. Mm. And I thought, this is ridiculous. 
it seems like every time I turn around, the PG&E just go higher and higher and higher. Mm. And so I thought, you know, maybe I should look into solar. Mm. And as I started looking into it, I realized, how stupid am I? How could I not have listened to somebody 15 years ago? Right. 15 years ago, I would have already had my system paid for it and not paying anything for it. That's uh, stupid. It's not many people who look in the mirror and say, that was pretty stupid. <laughs> So, of course, one thing led to another, and, and instead of just buying a system for myself, I started seeing an availability for a business for me to be able to do. How so? If I believe in something mm -hmm. and I truly take it to heart, I want that message to go to somebody else that was just like me that didn't want to hear it mm. because they're missing out. Mm. So, to me, that was an opportunity to really get my foot in the door. Um, maybe I'm a little bit different than other people. I actually care about other people mm -hmm. and about what I do and that what I do when I leave at the end of the day, I feel good when I go to bed. Mm. And, and I didn't like some of the numbers I got from other places and they were ridiculously high. Mm. And I thought there, there, there's gotta be a better way to do this. So I inv did my investigations and found the franchise and I immediately bought it. And here I am today. If visionaries want to learn more about you and solar grids, how do they do that? They can contact me directly at 661-201-0086. What was that number again? 661-201-0086. That is my cell phone. Okay. They can also reach us at mygrids.com. Excuse me, my-grids.com. That okay. is our website. Okay. Um, and an 800 number is 844-MY-GRIDS. Are you on social media? Yes, we are. LinkedIn. Uh, Yelp, I don't really know them all, but we're on a lot of them. Facebook. Very, <laughs> very good, very good. And if you enjoy a small business celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, and notify, and leave a comment. Your vision, your questions, your vision, your thoughts are very important. In fact, we've got a vision, your question for Deanna coming right up when we come right back. Hi, my name is Jacqueline and I am a business owner here in Bakersfield. One of the things that I just love about Toastmasters is the opportunities that it provides for people to practice and develop their leadership skills. Things like planning and presenting a speech, things like running a meeting, impromptu communication. Toastmasters gives you the opportunity to practice these things just on the spot in real time. And that's one of the things that I just love about this organization. Build a better you. Go to toastmasters.org and click on the find a club button and build a better you. Go to toastmasters.org and click on the find a club button and build a better you so that you can grow a strong and profitable business. Go to toastmasters.org, click on the find a club button and build a better you. We're here with Deanna Anderson, the franchise owner of Solar Grids of Central California. And our visionary question comes from Erica who asks, I'm trying to develop connections directly with other business owners in a relaxed environment. What have you done to make those connections last? Well, the best way to meet people is with socializing, networking. How so? Mm, there's everywhere. Pretty, pretty much anytime you come in contact. Mm. When it comes down to golfing, parties, dinners, restaurants, church, gym, you can, you can reach out and create new contacts anywhere as long as you're not afraid to do so. How do you keep them? 
that's up to you. Mm. People like other people that are good people. The integrity, honesty, forthwith, the friendliness, the, the joy that other people have. And that's how people become friends. That's, and by becoming friends, even with business clients, there still should be your friends because mm. one looks after their friend more than a client. It's more than just a superficial interaction with them. You're actually trying to engage them and develop that personal connection that you want to actually spend time with them. Most person. definitely. Your best clients and customers are the ones that you know. You can't know your client unless you actually get to know them. Mm. And people can tell. They know when there's somebody that's superficial or only is trying to get a sale or trying to get that one thing done. And you're using them basically mm. is the way they feel. People can read that. They can feel it. And as an owner of something, it is your job to know your customer. I don't care if you have a thousand, five hundred, or ten thousand. You should know something a little bit about every one of them. Keep a list. Yes, keep a list. Go back and look. Pictures, whatever works for you. Mm -hmm. But people want to be liked. They don't want to spend time and do business with people that they're uncomfortable with. And you, and that comfortability comes from being authentic and genuine. Yes. I don't know how anybody could be otherwise. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> what was life like before you started your first business? Good. <laughs> Easy. Uh, how so? Less complicated. Uh huh. And then why on earth did you say to go into business for yourself then? That's just me. I like to be in control. Uh, I want to, if I tell somebody I want to do something, mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. I don't want to be held back by an owner that says, no, I, I'm not interested in that. Mm. Or it's not worth my time to do that. Feel, I want to control that. Mm. I want to be able to follow through. Mm. So by going into business for myself, I actually have a thousand bosses, not one. <laughs> right, exactly. But I get to choose what I do. Get, That's what's important. You get to choose who your boss is. That's right. Or the boss of the day anyway. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but not everything has gone wine and roses. And 2007, 2008 was the banking crisis that hit a lot of people hard. And you were one of them. Yes. What happened? Um, on a paving company, I had gotten in with several developers. Mm -hmm. And developers are all set up to protect themselves. And uh, they were moving and going and shaking and homes going and busy, busy, busy. And they got me strung out for too long of a time for money. Mm. Money's due. They started paying slower when things started to get worse. And then in the end, they just shut down. And there were LLCs and sole entities that couldn't be breached. Mm -hmm. And I got hit hard financially. Mm. And I couldn't withstand it. I had to file a bankruptcy mm -hmm. as, as degrading and embarrassing and um, hard to swallow. Um, I did. And I did it for the reasons that it was the only way I could pick my boots back up and walk on. Mm. I had to go down before I could go up again. If not, I was just going to continue try to swim to the top while the Titanic was sucking me down. Right. So yeah. that, that was, yeah, that was a bad thing. What have you learned from that experience that you apply to your business now? I get paid for what I do. <laughs> okay, all right. There is, there is zero forgiveness now. Mm. And, and life is different in the business world. Mm -hmm. People go out and they buy a part for their car or they get um, a soda at the store. You don't get to send an invoice and pay, get paid. They pay for it right there upon getting it. Right. So in construction, we can't get that money up front mm. because 
and in theory, they shouldn't give money up front. But once our job is done, there's no reason not to pay your bill. Right. So I have now come to even to the point to where I'll repossess my paving. If I build- wait, 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 <laughs> time out here. Okay, so when you say repossess, you're, you're talking about a parking lot that has already been graded That's right. and packed down. That's right. How do you repossess a parking lot? Well, if I don't get paid, yeah. I'll spend equal money to take it back. It's mine. I own it. Wait, wait. If they don't pay for it, I go out there and tear it out and take it away. So you literally bring in the backhoe and the skip loader yep. and holy cow. Yes, I will. <laughs> I have I have no patience. I will not get sucked into that rabbit hole again. I only work for people that I feel are integratable and pay their bills and are out like business doing business. I don't work for a ton of people and I will not tolerate contractors. It's general contractors either. I won't. I won't tolerate them nickel and diming me and taking money away. Mm. Um, so whatever it has to be. Obviously, if it's a public place, I, I mean, a public job, I can go and file mechanics liens and I can do all that. However, all that does is pay the attorneys. You still have to get the attorney to go chase your money. Right. It's not worth it. Right. We cannot do that anymore. So I just won't. I, I, I do less business now than I used to in volume, but I get paid for the ones I work for. Because they know that if they don't, while they're standing there, you're, you're tearing it up. Pretty much. Wow, that, that's cool. That... I, have, I have even been known to stand outside in a homeowner's association with a picket sign saying they don't pay their bills. <laughs> Big inflatable rat, too? Whatever it takes. <laughs> I, let's just say that I've actually never had to go the full step, the full Monty, right. because I've had a check in my hand before that's happened but I am not afraid to do it. Sure. <laughs> and if you think that's good stuff, we've got more when we come right back. The reason we're here with Deanna Anderson and Solar Grids is because of a visioneer question that came from a visioneer just like you. We had a visioneer who reached out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram and wanted to find out, you know, I really want to go through and start a second business. I know things are starting to grow in the economy. Is this a good time? And that is why we are here, because of a visioneer who had a visioneer question just like you. They reached out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. So if you have a question, you have a thought, somebody or something you would like to learn about here on Small Business Celebration, go ahead and reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. We're here with Deanna Anderson, the franchise owner of Solar Grids of Central California. And our visioneer question comes from Nathan who asks, we're scaling our business up, but we're having a hard time figuring out scalable pricing levels. What have you found that works? In my experience, everything has a price. Mm -hmm. You have to know that price. You can't scale it up higher than what it's supposed to be sold for simply because you won't sell anything. Mm. So you, if your costs exceed what you're able to sell something for, then you need to rechange your way of doing something. Right. right. So ultimately, you, you're scalable. You, just because you get bigger doesn't mean your prices go up. It could actually be that you're getting bigger and your prices come down because it comes volume. You must know your market no matter what you're selling. Right. But one of the things that a lot of business owners have a challenge with is because you have currently, what, eight, nine, 10, 11? 10 employees. 10 yeah. employees, okay. So 
when you started off with your paving company and it was just you, yourself, and you, mm -hmm. and you were growing to the next larger project, the medium-sized projects and larger projects where you needed to bring on personnel and you needed to bring on staff in-house to take care of administrative, things like that. How did you scale your pricing to accommodate the, that extra staff and still remain competitive? You give it up in profit first, that's quite honest, mm -hmm. until you can adjust and figure out that you need to do a 2% uh, add-on. You have to trial and error. You have to find your mm -hmm. way through that because you have to have people and you have to have good people. Right. Good people don't come cheap. Right. Um, but if your time lost and ability to do whatever work or sell more is gone because of time that you should be paying someone else to do it, mm -hmm. then you factor in, um, I need to close this deal, one deal to cover this person's salary. And then that tells you, this is how I have to go. Mm -hmm. And if you need to do that, then you need to know where you can drop your prices to mm -hmm. and still get your goal met. Mm -hmm. Because if your time as the owner is more available, you can generate more, always. The owner's always gonna be the one generating. Now, I, we talked about this next question off camera, and I absolutely love the answer to this. <laughs> this is great. Because as visionaries, you know that very often I ask my guests what book they are reading. Because most business owners that are successful will read a lot of different kinds of books. And a lot of those books influence them in their businesses, and they like to share that with other business owners. But when I asked our guest today, what her favorite book is, she said, My checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you consider your checkbook the most important book in your life? Isn't that the most inspiring? <laughs> okay, how if so? There, if it doesn't have a good number in it, you better work hard to put something in there. Okay. And if it has a good number, then it only makes you happy that there's a little bit of good things in there. Why is that? Why does it make you happy? Yeah. Why, well, because it means that I've done my job. I'm, I'm out there. I'm being successful. It makes me feel good inside to know that I generated and produced. What do you do with the, that profit that gives you the, the warm, fuzzy feeling of success? What do I do with it? Yeah. Spend it. <laughs> okay. Quite honestly, sure, don't sure, we all? Sure, 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 sure. Well, because the reason I ask is one of your hobbies are horses. Like I said, I spend it. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, exactly, exactly. Because horse, own, owning a horse, just just one horse is not cheap. And you have how many horses? Well, we have, well, my husband and I, we have four horses. Okay, so, yes. so not only is one horse expensive, but now you have four of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like kids, you can't just stop at one. <laughs> Why is that? Why is that? Well, because it's more fun to have horses when people can come and ride with you. So when people come over, I want them to be able to go for a ride and right. not have to have a horse there or whatever. So we ended up having one and then we had two and now we have four. And, you know, <laughs> it, it's kind of the way it goes. Sure. And what has owning one, two, four horses now what has that ownership and what have the horses taught you that you apply to your business? I've been a horse lover since the time I could walk. Right. Um, it's just inbred. All my life I have wanted horses and I did. I showed professionally I, I, for years, years and years. Um, and it's taught me one, how to win. Okay. Two, that if I don't take care of them, 
they aren't going to take care of me. Okay, how so? Horses are just like people, mm -hmm. also just like customers, just like my business, just like my children. Mm -hmm. You love and care, they prosper, you get the joy back from them. You don't, and you ignore, and you see them once in a while, they're gonna buck you off. Mm -hmm. And if life bucks you off, it isn't a good landing. No, no, or if, especially if a horse kicks you. Though, there's that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be kicked than bucked off, just saying. Sure, sure, uh, sure. But one of the things that's fascinating about this, first of all, what kind of horses do you own? Um, currently, we have quarter horses. Okay, because there are, and my knowledge is rather limited on horses, so forgive me on this. Why quarter horses when you could have had a variety of other kinds of horses out there? Well, actually, throughout my years, I've had a variety of horses. I've had everything from Arabians to thoroughbreds to warmbloods to quarter horses to uh, Appaloosas. Mm -hmm. And currently we have the quarter horses because we're sort of weekend ranchers. We run a few cows and like to see the babies and pretend like we are cowboys. Right. You know, but that's that's ultimately why. Okay. So you went through and you've had a variety of types of horses over over your career, as mm -hmm. it were. And you've settled on quarter horses. Has that also been part of your methodology in selecting your customers and selecting the jobs in the paving company and now that you're going into solar grids, is that also your mental set as you're going through this, as you're picking and choosing from experience the kinds of customers, the kinds of businesses that you're going into? Yeah, and the, the, to sum up exactly what you just said, everything has a tool. Mm. Horses are a tool depending on what you want to use it for. Mm -hmm. You're not going to go out and buy a quarter horse if you want to jump six-foot jumps. Mm -hmm. You're not going to use a big 17-hand worm blood to go rope cows. Everything has a tool. Mm -hmm. Every business has tools. You have to have, if you don't have the right tools, you can't do it. You can't put, you can't screw screw with a hammer. Right. Okay, so everything is. So yes, everything we do in our lives is orchestrated by the tools that we have at our disposal. Mm -hmm. It's up to you to figure out what those are. What gets you up every morning and open your business? The fact that I'm awake. If I wake up, <laughs> I have to get up. There is, there is no choice of not opening a business. When you are uh, an entrepreneur or in, in general, just a driven individual, mm -hmm. you have responsibilities. You have people that count on you. You have employees that count on you. You don't get to say, I don't feel like going to work today. I don't feel like battling it today. You have to know that you are responsible. They look for you to take care of your job, which is also taking care of them. I can't tell my kids, you know, I don't feel good today. So you just take care of yourself. You have to get up and make them breakfast. So we get out of bed every day to go to work because we know we have to. And with any luck at all during that day, we have something good that makes us feel happy about being there. Because a lot of times in business, there's not a lot of happy. It's a lot more issues and troubles and we battle and we get wrapped up in that. Mm -hmm. But and ultimately, we're there for a reason. Sometimes we forget our reasons, but usually God has a way of bringing it right back. Oh, this is why you're doing it. And that's that one, that one good thing that happens in that day, in that week, that just gives you goosebumps and says, Man, I'm glad I do this. If visioneers want to learn more about you and Solar Grids, how do they do that? They can contact me directly at 
661-201-0086. What was that number again? 661-201-0086. That is my cell phone. Okay. They can also reach us at mygrids.com, or excuse me, my-grids.com. That okay. is our website. Okay. Um, and an 800 number is 844-MY-GRIDS. Are you on social media? Yes, we are. LinkedIn. Uh, Yelp, I don't really know them all, but we're on a lot of them. Facebook. Very, <laughs> very good, very good. Deanna, this has been a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us on Small Business Celebration this week. And we we'll look forward to seeing you and the growth of Solar Grid soon. Well, thank you for having me. And we'll be back with my final thoughts when we come right back. Hi, my name is Jacqueline and I am a business owner here in Bakersfield. One of the things that I just love about Toastmasters is the opportunities that it provides for people to practice and develop their leadership skills. Things like planning and presenting a speech, things like running a meeting, impromptu communication. Toastmasters gives you the opportunity to practice these things just on the spot in real time. And that's one of the things that I just love about this organization. Build a better you. Go to Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button and build a better you. Go to Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button and build a better you so that you can grow a strong and profitable business. Go to Toastmasters.org, click on the Find a Club button, and build a better you. A couple weeks ago, my wife Tamil and I went on a mini vacation into the Eastern Sierra, and we love getting away from it all. And for me personally, it's where my mobile phone conveniently doesn't work. And we were camping with some friends and they were telling us about how a California brown bear had wandered through the camp area about a week before and they were remarking about how withered and gaunt this bear looked. And this is a very important time for the California brown bear because as it comes out of hibernation from the winter, it's going around looking for elderberries and bugs and maybe even a golden trout or two. And it's very important for the California brown bear to do this because it needs to develop fat, it needs to develop muscle, it needs to be able to grow and develop for the coming winter that is going to come so that when it goes back into hibernation for the, for the winter, it can survive and not slowly starve to death during hibernation. This got me to thinking about our business. Many of us are coming out of winter, also known as COVID. Many of us are really rough on the social skills. I, I know I've stuck my foot in my mouth once or twice. And many of us are zoomed out. Well, Spring from COVID is here, but now is the time to get out and meet with people. It's now is the time to develop those social skills, renew those social skills, refine those social skills, because with that we can develop and grow our businesses, because winter is going to come again in some way, form, or fashion. And we need to be able to develop our growth just like the California brown bear so that winter comes, we are prepared. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week with Deanna Anderson, and I hope you learned something that you can use to grow a strong and profitable business. And we'll see you next week. 
Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.